Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm glad you're here to spend a couple hours with the Patrick Wiley Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. We'll talk about business and development today, a little bit of Father's Day review, maybe some golf, that sort of thing. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us today. Thank God. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, streamed live on KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. Remember, you can always follow us along most days. Good Lord willing, and there's an internet signal and the Wi-Fi is working. Or on our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. That, that Wi-Fi is not always guaranteed. Nothing in life is guaranteed, for you know, that matter. You know, that's true, Dan. That's that's exactly it. We should be thankful when we do have the Wi-Fi. Yeah, because it was not that long ago when it was... <laughs> and the, the dial-up and yeah, the modem. I, Oy. How did we get by? <laughs> I know. Since the advent of these of these smartphone gadgets 10 years ago, things yeah. have, have changed just dramatically. Oh, it's amazing the things you take for granted now. And uh, not, I mean, cell phones, just the act of, of being able to call somebody mobily whilst walking around, I, it's phenomenal. And now we just take it all for granted. That's the way we are, Dan. We're never happy with what we've got. I don't know. There's, there's that kind of that double-edged sword of having satisfaction is one, but then never being satisfied is another. How do we make progress if we're if we're satisfied where we are? Yeah, you can't always get what you want, Dan. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta take what. You, what I, I messed that all up. Yeah, because because we're kind of mixing can't, Rolling Stones right. <laughs> metaphors here. <laughs> Sometimes you get what you need. There, I got it. Can't always get what you want. I'm gonna stop singing now. Um, I had a great weekend, by the way. I haven't seen you really since, like, what, Wednesday? Wednesday, yes. Wednesday. How was the morning shift, first of all? It went pretty well. Beth and I got some work done in the morning, so that was excellent. Yeah. Able to meet with some folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So uh, you did your your stint on the morning shift. That's good. Now you're back with us. Did you? How was Father's Day for you? Got out to the to the golf course, played in the two man tournament there in in Scotland at Dawson oh. Creek Golf Course. Awesome. Was had a number in mind, but where I, I we couldn't quite get there. I was about three shots over where I thought we were going to be. Uh, how'd you hit them? Just generally, how'd it feel? You know, there was some good stuff off the tee, mm-hmm. but those those approach shots. Yeah, they that those are the tough ones. Got to sharpen that up. Mm. We're going to talk a little bit uh, later with the common man about the U.S. Open. Uh, you could just imagine playing on that. I got into a conversation with someone that goes along the lines of, if those players think it's so ridiculous to play on those greens when they're in such condition as they are, they can just say, you know what, I'm not having this. Mm-hmm. And just say, you know what, you can keep your U.S. Open. <laughs> That's and right. Can, and go on you know, if, if Dustin Johnson says, I, I ain't doing this, yeah. this is the, until you guys fix it, forget it. Yeah. Then, then they might have... You know, a shot at making things a little bit better. Yeah, the common man has some ideas on that, so we'll get those from him later. Yeah, I, from, Turn was over here yammering at me about that the other day, last week, about how he hates Shinnecock and it's all screwed up. 
But, you know, for me, at some measure, it's still everybody's got to play the same golf course, you know. Somebody was able to get in the hole in less shots than you did. So. Oh, yeah, Brooks Kepka, he loves it. He's won the last two of those things. Yeah, so there you go. There are people who can play that way. It's just not suitable to your game. It's not suitable in my game, that's for sure. Um, I went back by bike packing, so I, I really didn't get to watch much of the golf tournament. I saw some highlights and I read some things, but uh, it's fabulous. Going up to Palisades this weekend, it was a little hot, but it's not so bad when you're on the bike. Rolling around on the gravel up there in uh, north, what would that be, northeast Minnehaha County up to Garrison. Didn't really get into town, though. It was Jesse James' days, but we didn't really didn't get in there. So it was a beautiful day, a uh, beautiful weekend. It was a little breezy, but the bugs, that kept the bugs down and uh, really enjoyed ourselves. So get to, get into the bike packing. It's awesome. Just load up all your stuff, start pedaling, take a nap, get up, come home. <laughs> Well, you you expend all that energy going through all the paces. Yeah, there there's you 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 sleep a lot better when you oh. when you've done some work. And if you're going to sleep on the ground, you better be tired, right? <laughs> Nothing better. You know, I'm not. I, I don't mind the tent. It's not the worst thing in the world, but more than one night, and you're like, nope, that that's fine. I'll go back to a mattress. I got all the gear, and it's still sleeping on the ground, no matter what you do. Anyway, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include uh, what we're going to examine local business development, retail, and restaurants with Jody Schwan of Sioux Falls Business. Of course, Jody is a frequent guest on this program. Quintessential Dad, the common man, will be, as I said, we'll check in after uh, a full Father's Day weekend, including the traditional U.S. US Open Golf Championship, which is always on that weekend. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic fixing immigration. You heard it here, folks. Fixing Immigration. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three seventeen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And it's time of the day for the PL statement. And uh, got the got the clash today instead of the Bodines because I was having technical issues. But that's okay. We like the clash. This is a clash-friendly zone, as you good people know. So we'll we'll be okay. Well, the Bodines will be back, you know, because they they do have the official theme song of the PL statement. Somehow we'll muscle through it today. Um, so I'm looking through the news and, uh, I was reading stuff over the weekend. Um, and then this morning, uh, the story, uh, latest on the immigration crisis on the border of the Trump administration, uh, with the controversial, uh, policy that has led to the separation of families, of uh, folks coming across the border. And it's a very specific, uh, class of immigrants, but, uh, the story today, this from the New York Times. Trump repeats assertion that Democrats are to blame for separating children at the border. President Trump remained resistant on Monday in the face of growing public outcry over his administration's policy of separating children from their parents at the border, repeating the false assertion that Democrats were the ones to blame for it and suggesting that criminals, not parents, were toting individuals into the United States. They could be murderers and thieves and so much else, Trump said 
of the people crossing the border as he delivered somewhat incongruous remarks during a meeting of the National Space Council on Monday, at which, by the way, he also, this was interesting today, he, uh, we have formed a sixth branch of the military, which is like the Space Corps, just kind of interesting. I never thought we'd have one of those, but now we do. Uh, he continued, we want a safe country, and it starts with the borders, and that's the way it is. So he's been taking a lot of heat over this, um, and uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not so interested in talking about the news of the day necessarily. Uh, you can read that. Uh, you've been hearing a lot about it. But I read this column over the weekend from the National Review, and this is uh, uh, by Rich Lowry, who I believe is actually the editor of the National Review, and he's got a column called The Truth About Separating Kids. And he goes into um, the the actual uh, nitty-gritty of the law and the policy, and I, I found it uh, quite revealing. He says the Trump administration isn't changing the rules that pertain to separating an adult from the child. Those remain the same. Separation happens only if officials find that the adult is falsely claiming to be the child's parent or is a threat to the child or is put into criminal proceedings. It's that last, it's the last that is operative here. The past practice has been to give a free pass to an adult who is part of a family union. The new Trump policy is to prosecute all adults. The idea is to send a signal that we are serious about our laws and create a deterrent against reentry because uh, illegal entry is just a misdemeanor. It's reentry that's a felony. So he goes through all this and uh, talks about the various aspects of the law and how it works um, and just what the, the what the options are. Um, and, it you know, it comes down to the issue of asylum. It becomes, as he says, where it becomes much more of an issue is if the adult files an asylum claim. In that scenario, the adults are almost certainly going to be detained longer than the government is allowed to hold their children Um And it's because of the Flores consent degree from 1997 that you probably have heard about by now. It says that unaccompanied children can be held only 20 days. And a ruling by the Ninth Circuit extended this 20-day limit to children who come as part of family units. So even if we want to hold a family unit together, we are forbidden from doing so. So there are, you know, a as he points out, there are a lot of options for people seeking asylum. Maybe the best way isn't to just come across the border and say, I need asylum. And so most likely people are taking advantage of it. And he says, uh, even if Flores didn't exist, the government would be very constrained in how many family units it can accommodate. ICE has only about 3,000 family spaces and shelters. It is also limited in its overall space at the border, which is overwhelmed by the ongoing flux. That means whatever the Trump administration would prefer to do, many adults are still swiftly released. So... And the other interesting point that he made is one of the problems, one of the things that's caused this problem now is the changing nature of, an, of the immigrants. When we first started, you know, when, when the issue of illegal immigration uh, first sort of raising its uh, head a couple of decades ago, uh, maybe three decades ago, it was, it was primarily uh, Mexicans and primarily adult men, uh, you know, looking for work, economic reasons. Now it's a lot of families out of Central America because of the terrible strife going on down there. It's a very uh, violent place right now in places like Costa Rica and places like El Salvador in particular. Uh, not so much Costa Rica, El Salvador, uh, Honduras. There's, they've got 
it's a bad social situation down in those countries and people are trying to get out. Now, he points out, too, that if you really want asylum, you can go to a country that will accept you first, like Mexico, and then apply into the United States. Um, or you can even just go to a port of entry and, cl- to, and declare you want asylum. You know, going across the border in Texas is not necessarily the best way. It is, however, right now the quickest way. And for some people, you know, parsing that all out may not be really uh, uh, part of the thinking at this point. But he, he says a few points about all this, and I think it is interesting. And, and granted, it's the National Review, so it's from a conservative standpoint, but I think it makes some very good points for the folks out there who are ranting and raving. Um, first of all, there is a lot of gnashing and screaming gnashing of teeth and screaming on this issue by folks who just haven't spent a lot of time with it. It's a reactionary thing because it's kids. You see kids, you feel bad. You want something to change. You know, the other thing that seems to get lost, though, is mostly because the government has limited press access to detention facilities. They just haven't letting anybody in. Is that in large measure, uh, the kids are treated decently. It's not like they're living in cages, uh, uh, in in most cases, I'm you know I've seen the photos too, but I've also heard people that have been inside reputable uh, sources saying that you know they were they're held in group rooms, but mostly you know, air conditioned, getting medical treatment and all of that. That doesn't mean it's uh, that that said you know the, the policy is bad. Nobody likes it. Uh, the responsibility here though, and and Lowry makes this point. It lies with Congress. They can change the law. The Trump administration is right on this. They can change the law. I got a few things to say about that in a moment. But as as Lowry writes, uh, Congress can change the rules so that the Flores consent decree will no longer apply. And it can more appro- can appropriate more money for sh- family shelters at the border. This is an obvious thing to do that would eliminate the tension between enforcing our laws and keeping family units together. The Trump administration is throwing as many resources as it can at the border to expedite the process, and it desperately wants Flores' consent decree reversed. Despite some mixed messages, if the administration had its druthers, family units would be kept together and their cases settled quickly. Now, I'm not certain, judging by what the president says and the AG says, that the last part of that statement is true. Um, Lowry also says children are used as chits to get into this country. Well, I, I think Trump is using children as chits to get funding for the border wall. Um, and that that's kind of what bothers me here. And Trump and his allies just are not helping with these false statements about immigration and crime that the president made again today. The rhetoric that points fingers to the past rather than working for the future only makes it worse and ultimately harms children who haven't done anything wrong. Jeff Sessions' ludicrous Bible citations over the weekend, they betray this twisted vision of the government's role. And it made no sense. Yeah, we have to uphold the law. The law is the law. We are a country of laws. Yes, these cannot be ignored. But the two issues, the children caught in the middle versus a wall and the broader debate over immigration, do not need to be tied together. Fix the law. Prove you can actually solve a near-term humanitarian mistake and then argue all you want about the wall. What if we were like Europe, okay, and there was a monstrous, vicious, ugly civil war across, uh, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, as is going on in Syria, and people were fleeing for their lives by the millions? You know, what would we do then? We, if we can't solve this, what happens when 
a large-scale humanitarian crisis has thousands of people fleeing to the border. What then? This is a couple of thousand kids right now, and it's bad. It's bad what's happening to these children. There's no question about it. And everybody says they want to fix it. Fix it. Quit screaming and yelling about Democrats or Republicans. or Just fix it. Children are not a partisan issue. But I know that Congress, when they try and do something like this, will end up diving into the entire debate. Just stop it. Fix this problem. It's not that hard. It's, it's, a, it's complicated, but it's not that hard. That's certainly not impossible. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me, of course. As always, that is the case. Email me, Patrick at KSO.com, or get on the tweeters and send us a message at P. Lally Show. We always love to hear from you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with the common man, check in how he's doing after Father's Day and get, oh, let's call it a unique perspective from a from the quintessential dad, the common man. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and it's three thirty, so it's Weird Friends time, and it's Monday, and that usually means the common man. Common man, uh, it's a day after Father's Day. How you doing? How you feeling? Are you, are you feeling appreciated and loved over there in the family unit? I still feel full. <laughs> what was the? Uh, what did the festivities uh, entail? Oh, I got I got fed. You know, I thought I thought I was the Christmas goose there for a while. I was like getting stuffed. Like, so here, Dad, here, hey, I brought you, I brought you uh, something from Dairy Queen. We're gonna go. To, and they, I got taken to Who Hot. I got <laughs> stuffed full. You know, and I was like, Good Lord, not Who Hot. Oh, I, well, okay, I got a little soft in the Who. You know, I like the hung, you know, the, I'm a conquer your hunger. <laughs> well, and you just you know you you can't stop. At the hoo hot because they've got all the different. You're like, oh, I'll have a little bit of that. And little, I'm going to go back for some of that uh, Mongolian beef or whatever it was. <laughs> it, uh, here's the thing that killed me about that. Not to go too far, too too free of a plug for him, but <laughs> but uh, if people go to, oh, I don't like hoo hot. Uh, you're the one making the food. You realize that <laughs> all they're doing is applying heat. <laughs> you're picking <laughs> you everything. If you don't like it, you got it's not it. their problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is what it is, as we like to say. And, uh, so you got full and you got fed. Got full, got fed. Uh, great time with the youngins. But uh, you know, it's 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 funny. I was just thinking about it. It made me wistful. You know, you always think about your own dad too, and, and my dad. But you know, no matter what it was—birthday, Christmas, anniversary, Father's Day. Dad, what do you want? What do you want? Peace and quiet. <laughs> Well, you had how many kids in that family? Seven, you know, yeah. Yeah, seven in the old North End family. And, and, and ironically, it's probably the only gift he never really got. <laughs> no, <laughs> never, because then it just got worse. It's just, oh, yeah. Yeah, because then all of a sudden, you know, he has seven kids, everybody else has kids, and obviously he's got, you know, 
it's just almost it's an army he's created. <laughs> Yeah. But but that's you know I always feel bad for you know because I think the whole dad thing is is changed Father's Day has changed so much. You know back then it was like yeah mm, all right great mm, give me a tie you know <laughs> we bought my dad Dutch Master cigars <laughs> and, and beer. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I mean that, that's a, we used to joke I said I, so like we we're, try, were just trying to get dad emphysema faster. I mean, it was, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> come on, dad. Chop, chop. You know, <laughs> That's not good. I know. I mean, what were you thinking? That was just dumb, you know. But you know, but now it's it seems like it's an occasion for all these dads to get off and onto Facebook and Twitter and stuff and emote about how fulfilled and joyful their life is and their children give them hope and, and oh God. <laughs> you know? You're not going for that. That's uh, not. <laughs> I think it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. You know, but I. <laughs> The dad role, I, you know, I, I kind of like the traditional dad role. Right, you're that kind of guy. Just kind of kind of leaven things a little bit. Well, your mother nurtures you and, and tells you you're wonderful and special and great and talented. Your dad's always the guy I go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you better get your special talented button gear, mister. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a special, unique loser. <laughs> Just a little balance, a little finger on the scale to make sure you're not too snowflakey, right? You gotta, well, you gotta have a little salt. <laughs> you know, even if you're baking something sweet, you gotta have a little salt. It's just there's just a little bit of. It has to be leavened, and that's yes. that's the approach to parenting. Yeah, you want to be. You want to love your kids and, and tell them they're special and all that stuff. But also, every now and then you get, you know, get got them the proverbial kick in the slash, you know? <laughs> yes. There's not Son, enough. daughter. Of... That's no, no, no. <laughs> There's just not enough of that. There's not enough leavening in society these days. <sighs> well, it's the diet. It's it's all balance, Patrick. Yeah. All it is. You know, why, why would anybody think that, uh, if you all you have to do is tell somebody how great they are. The time, even if your spouse did that, you'd go, "Oh God, so sick of that!" <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just to begin to resent them, it's like, ugh. <laughs> but when someone who comes up and says, "You know what? Uh, you can you're not better. that cool." Yeah, you could do better. That makes you, you know, you try a little harder. It's just... Do you do you, uh, do you find that your children, uh, now that they are uh, out of the house, they're both adults, they're both you know, fairly productive members of society that they now appreciate that, that perspective and that wisdom and that, that, that direction and balance that you brought to their lives. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I got an interesting gift yesterday that my, my son who's, t- who's 21. He says, dad, I know you're a history buff. I said, Oh yeah, yeah, cool. And so I'm kind of, you know, Ooh, what's, what's this going to be? <laughs> so he goes, I got you some, some, some historical, thing and i go oh good oh yeah god what is it so he got me a dvd of abraham lincoln vampire slayer (laughs) (laughs) what do you find that in the bargain bin at the (laughs) last stop cd shop oh well she was his little little tweak at at, at, uh, trying to be a wise wise apple Ah. which made me realize my work was was getting pretty close to done (laughs) yeah that's right because that's the sort of you know wise apple thing that i might have pulled with my old man and so it's, it just says, yeah, oh, you got to kind of lead him on a little bit, get him a little excited, then whack. 
with the vampire slayer. That's nice. Um, did he could? I mean, would it have killed him to? I mean, he's twenty one. You know, bring a twelver. You know. <laughs> well, he did. I did get a little Dairy Queen out of the deal. So. Well, that's you know, I'm I'm going I'm I'm reflecting back to the old days a little bit there. You know, carrying some of that tradition, not all of it. The the cigarillos or or whatever yeah. they were, that's that's <laughs> fine. That's, it's okay uh, to let those go. But you know, there's still nothing wrong with a nice chilled twelver on Father's see, Day. And this is where it would go wrong then, but because he'd bring me some, you know, twelve pack of moose drool something <laughs> and that I wouldn't even under understand or pronounce. I'm just like, come on, what happened to a little, you know? Can, is, is, do they sell hams anymore? <laughs> yes, come on, yes. How about how about a Miller, the traditional? I want a I want a high life. I want the champagne, a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And is that too hard for old dad to get? Uh, well, maybe next year. <laughs> oh, well, hold out hopes. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise it'd be, it'd be some god awful. Well, this is good, like oatmeal in it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, hey, uh, common man, I, I want to ask you about the U.S. Open because sure. the other part of of Father's Day is is watching golf, right? Certainly so is. We're going to chat about that on the other side. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. On the bus, that's where we're riding. On the bus. 346 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We turn to our chat with one, the common man. For weird friends because it's we've been doing the special extended dance play version of common man now for a couple of weeks and I'm, i think it might be a thing common Are what you, you okay with that oh yeah sure it's plenty to talk about yeah well we always coming off the weekend you know? yeah oh yeah there's all kinds of excitement and the excitement this weekend was the u.s open and if you play golf at all you enjoy the u.s open right it's the, te- the true test of golf do you enjoy it though? I mean, <laughs> other than the pure sadistic joy you get out of watching pampered pros just get tortured. I like that. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. There's there's something to, there is something to that, but it's so and the the course is so tricked up. It, 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 there might as well be windmills and a clown's nose. <laughs> on it. Now, for people who don't pay attention, the U.S. Open it's it's always very hard. Because they traditionally let the, the the rough grow very long, and the greens are always very fast. That's a fair statement. Generally speaking, that's the case, right? Oh yes, wickedly so. And and so the, you know, there's a certain level of frustration that the players get. And they you know they don't mind a tough course, but then mm-hmm. they, when it gets to be, you know, if you, the ball hits the middle of the green and then ricochets off, you know, like like you dropped a bowling ball on a trampoline. It's, it just doesn't, I mean, it, it's yeah. not fair. And I think that's the key word. Is, oh, is it fair? Is, is it, it went, fair? I know. But, you know, sometimes players have to tee off in the morning and it's uh, it's nice out. And by the time other people tee off in the afternoon, there's a 40-mile-an-hour win. Is that fair? That's golf, baby. That's golf. Yeah, but there's a certain mindset that says the U.S. Open tends to reward the grinders, yeah. the, the, the boring guy, the fairways and greens guy. And, you know, Brooks Kepka is probably, you know, he's got, he's probably got more talent than that. I know he's got more talent than that. He's, he's very gifted. But, you know, there's, there's a legion of guys that he could be looking to join 
He's a back-to-back two-time U.S. Open winner. So there's guys like in that mode, like Lee Jansen, Wisconsin's own Lee Jansen, Mm -hmm. who won in 93 and 98. Andy uh, Lee Jansen's from Austin, Minnesota, excuse me. Mm -hmm. But Andy North from Wisconsin, 78 and 85, two-time U.S. Open. Those those guys who put their head down, they hit hit the fairway, hit the green, two putts, walk off. You know, they're not. I don't think Brooks Kepka is that, but there's those two guys, Curtis Strange, those, those kind of, you know, yeah. anvil and hammer anvil kind of guys who do tend to do really well at U.S. Opens. And, uh, you know, Andy North was interviewed on um, over there at ESPN 99.1 by Jeff Turn, who was, Turn was whining about the course, too. And I mean, shut up. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> But anyway, he's interviewing North, Andy North, because he's in town a lot now because he's associated with uh, Sanford. Mm-hmm. And uh, opening that big golf palace out there, it's gonna be awesome. But uh, uh, he was like, "I had that had to happen for me because I was never gonna go. I was never gonna be the guy that shot twenty under, just like you say, do do do. You know, fairways and greens, fairways and greens. And he won the U.S. Open twice. Other than that, you know, we wouldn't even know who Andy North is, right? Oh, exactly. And 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 attempts to eliminate guys. You know, the guys like. Mickelson and then the yeah. U.S. Open is the one thing left out of hit that he hasn't won. Those guys and they they can't go seventy two holes and sit there and stare at the flag and go, I can't, I can't hit it at the flag. I can't. I, I I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to hit it at the flag. And he'll, you know, and he'll take a fifteen and, and there he is. But Phil, Phil probably exemplified what, what you know that mentality is as he got that hole and his, a lot of people probably saw the highlight mm-hmm. of him rolling the ball past the hole mm-hmm. and the ball picking up speed. As it was, it, it would have rolled another forty, fifty feet. Off he that had already green. chipped over the green once. <laughs> so I don't really mind. I, to, to me, that seems that seems it, it, it would it was bordering on the ridiculous already. Yeah, and you there's know, people he, waiting. You had been twenty, thirty more minutes trying yeah. to pitch that ball back up and pull that ball and get the heck off that hole. He should have just picked it up and walked off. I mean, that's <laughs> what we that's what we tell. You. That's what we tell people from here to there. Okay, after a certain amount of torture, pick yeah. it up and let's go. Like uh, that's what uh, playing with the Boon Man, when because uh, the Boon Man was uh, the person who I first played golf with when I was a, a youngster, and he he had one rule: once you hit nine, you're done. <laughs> there, the scorecard has no yep. room for double digits. No, and uh, Phil took ten <gasps> on a par four, and he didn't snivel about it. He just said, "Oh well, I'm, I took my two-stroke penalty." You know. He no, you know, that's it, the thing about golf, though, with all the Sturman drink. Well, <laughs> there is no, that's an, not the correct thing. No, for God's sakes, you know, <laughs> he's about 15 over. <laughs> Shall we move along? He, uh, he almost made that comebacker, though. With oh, the, I loved the it. Moving I loved ball. The, the backhanded rake. If it would have gone in, it would have been one of the greatest moments in golf history. <laughs> he might have rivaled Roy McAvoy in 10 Cup yeah. as the greatest 12 ever. <laughs> Uh, you know what I did love, uh, by the way, we're talking with the common man on an extended dance play version of the weird friends about the U S open, uh, this, uh, Tommy Fleetwood character. Oh, that so was awesome. He shot 63 to tie the record for the lowest round in a U.S. open, which now here's why I think this was the greatest missed opportunity in the last 30 years in golf. And that is that if he would have shot 62, if he would have made that putt on 18 and shot 62, he would have beaten one Johnny Miller's record for the lowest round, and nothing would make me happier 
than for somebody to beat that record. So maybe Johnny Miller would go away. I can't yes. stand him. You eliminate the one and only thing that Johnny Miller can hang his hat on. Oh, it's just got to end someday. But the, but the best part about it, though, Pat, is, and this is so much the fabric of golf, the guy goes and shoots 63 on the U.S. Open course, and you interview him after the round. And he said, wow, that was, that was an amazing 63. He goes, but I wanted 62. <laughs> no matter how you play it, it doesn't matter if you're playing at Thunder Road or you're yes. playing at, at the Hazeltine or Minneapolis Country Club or what kind of golfer you are. You shoot 97, you go, God, I, I would have made that putt. I left some strokes out there. And, you know, or if you shoot 63, you're going, oh, man, if I, I want an 18. Mm. It's the it's the it's the siren song of golf. There's always something you could do a little better, and uh, and that score will never be good enough. Yeah, apparently Sunday it wasn't so bad either. The golf course, and that's when Phil or was that Saturday when Phil? Saturday is when Phil did it. So the USGA got a little embarrassed, so they went they they watered watered the greens. Oh, horrors of it all. <laughs> well, uh, common man, I appreciate you hanging out with us today. And, uh, you know, you've got through your anniversary and Father's Day. Now you've got a long wait till anything else good happens. Oh, no, Al. You know, my wife's birthday is in July. So oh, it's just, oh, I got to yeah. keep, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a present treadmill. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> thanks, Patrick. Take care. We'll be right back. Uh, the news and weather at the top of the hour. And then we'll talk with Jody Schwan of Business. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO coming up tomorrow. Storyland Children's Theater at seven p.m. at McKinnon Park Banshell. The theater company will perform productions that involve fairy tales, music, costumes, and dance. Performances are free and open to children of every age. For more information, go to the events calendar at KSOO.com. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Sam Gabrielli down there at the KSFY Severe Weather Center. And then Jody Schwan of Sioux Falls Dot Business will be in and we will chat about all kinds of good stuff going on in our community and, you know, others. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and I am happy to have back on the show after kind of a hiatus, Jody Schwan from Sioux Falls Dot Business. Jody, thanks for coming in. It has been a while, hasn't it? More than a month, I can tell you that. Yeah, because the last time you were here was right before you made your annual sojourn to Vegas for the monstrous retail convention, right? Right, and that was May 21st through the 23rd, I believe, and I had left shortly before that. So, yes, that is, uh, you know, not a vacation, I can tell you that. <laughs> it is you know, very much a, an intense working trip, very long days. It's a huge convention. The industry's largest. takes up, if you've ever been to the Las Vegas Convention Center, it's three halls. This takes up all three halls, so... I logged a lot of miles walking back and forth, but as always, came away with some great information. You know, primarily I go 
for insight on this industry because retail is such a driver for the Sioux Falls economy that it's important to know where it's headed. And every year I ask, is it worth it? Is it different enough? You know, mm-hmm. in development and retail development especially, one year is really not that long. It can take multiple years for deals to come together. So is it worth it to just go out there and say, well, they're still interested. Well, this one's probably eventually going to come, but not you know, anytime mm-hmm. soon. That happens. Um, but it's more to take a pulse of the industry to see if retailers are, are in the mood to get deals done. And that changed a lot from the beginning of this decade to now to stay on top of trends and to look at issues like department store closures, which for the first time now we're dealing with in the Sioux Falls market. And that was what really solidified my decision to go this year, frankly, was the Yonkers closure, because all of a sudden we had our first big box vacancy. And then it was like a week after I came back to Sioux Falls that we had the Sears vacancy, which I always thought would have come out first. Um, Oh, I know. We were waiting for Sears to go down the tubes for a long time. Right. And, you know, we would have kept Yonkers. I mean, that Yonkers store is in the top 10% of the company. And it's just when the whole thing goes under, we don't escape either. So I think that space, while we're on the topic, will fill quickly. Yonkers likely will be in business till about August, they're hearing. And I would not be surprised if we could tell you who's coming in next by at least that time, maybe even a bit sooner. Sears is a little different story. Um, The mall management ownership have have looked at the possibilities for that space for years because I think everybody sort of saw the Mm -hmm. writing on the proverbial wall where Sears is concerned. But one of the things I took away from Vegas is, you know, you don't just fill department stores with other department stores anymore, or in some cases, even pure retail. It's entertainment concepts, food, fitness. There are all kinds of things that are backfilling these spaces in the industry. So I hope we actually get a little bit of that here because I think that would improve the diversity of offerings over there at the Empire Mall. The other one uh, is, that's still hanging out there, there's two, let me think about this, there are basically two big department stores left in the mall, right? So you've got Macy's and JCPenney. Now, JCPenney, they have righted the ship maybe a little bit but they for years have been in decline and macy's has been closing stores so it's not like the threat is over in terms of losing the anchor tenants yeah macy's actually reported some better than expected earnings right around the time of that vegas show which is great it's Mm -hmm. it's a point in time i don't know that that makes a trend but the thing about those two uh again i would compare them to yonkers in that those two stores perform quite well company-wide at one time i was told that the J.C. Penney was actually in the top five stores all around the country. You're kidding me, right? So we're not going to lose that store unless J.C. Penney goes yeah. out everywhere. Okay, and I don't, I don't know. You're right. There were some shaky years there, but I feel like the the ship has stabilized at least where that chain is concerned. So I think we're okay there a bit longer. And uh, Macy's too is uh, a, a good performing store. Has seen a lot of e-commerce related business. Mm-hmm. They're a big e-commerce store. I know so. Um, Again, I think, you know, there would have to be some really drastic changes company-wide before we would lose those two. And I actually would not rule out another department store backfilling that younger space. Yeah. So, um, so what kind of department stores? I mean, we, they're not what we think of as department stores anymore, really, the successful ones. What, when you say without, I mean, making no link, but who are the players out there who are in those kinds of spaces in the modern retail industry? There are very few that are opening new stores, and I don't mind naming names because we looked into what's filling these spaces all over the country. 
A Dillard's would be a possibility. Mm, uh, yeah. Dillard's is still a pretty traditional department store. Uh, on the upscale side, lots of familiar brands, um, some private label brands. They have added very few new stores, but they have added new stores. Okay, So I would put them in the mix. Uh, Von Maur, which is based oh, yeah. in Iowa, uh, has some geographic proximity to Sioux Falls, has stores in a lot of markets I would consider similar to Sioux Falls. And again, pretty traditional department store. So um, I would say either one of those could come into this market and uh, probably perform quite well by whatever standards they're measuring against today. Elsewhere around the country, it's the off-price retail, um, so uh, Saks Off Fifth, mm -hmm. you know, which is sort of the the overstock of of Saks traditional department store. Uh, I don't think we're in the market for one of those yet. Nordstrom Rack, similar thing. Love to see them here. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan, but uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Never say never, but maybe. Um, this market just really does perform so well for national retailers once they get here that I won't rule them out because they're growing. And if they want to keep growing, eventually they need to look at markets like this. And then, you know, we have to consider Marshall's a department store, for instance. If we yeah. hadn't already had one land at Lake Lorraine, Marshall's would have been in the mix. TJ Maxx, I would consider a department store. I don't know that I see them moving it's off campus space, to yeah. an attached space. But, I mean, who knows? You never know. Um, we're talking with Jody Schwant, she of SiouxFalls.Business, recently, not so recently, a few weeks ago, returned from the big retail convention in Las Vegas. Um, what are your thoughts generally these days? Uh, we've talked to you a lot about how desirable that mall area is, not necessarily the mall itself, but the mall area. Is that still true? Is this, is this where people are just still looking for uh, good, solid retail space in that area? Yeah, I mean, the, the numbers tell the story there, and it's tough to get an exact count. Uh, estimates range anywhere from 7 to 12 million visitors a year, but point being, it's a huge number. We know that 41st and Louise is the busiest intersection in the state, and retailers look at demographics and traffic counts like that when they make their decisions. National retailers do. You know, I think probably one of the most exciting stories that we announced in Las Vegas was a redevelopment for the former Sioux Falls Ford property right in front of the Empire Mall along 41st. Mm -hmm. It's not part of the mall. It's, it's a great own, piece of owned land. separately, but uh, really sought after property. And I'm happy to see them trying to integrate a fair amount of density onto that property. So when we talk about the national names that aren't here yet, and these aren't big box retailers necessarily, but a little bit smaller ones and certainly restaurants that property becomes very attractive. So for some of those growing, fast, casual, or quick service kind of restaurants, uh, that could be a an easy landing spot. Even a smaller grocer I could see going in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly some of those more traditional retailers that maybe just like that outdoor in front of the mall space as opposed to being in the enclosed mall. The uh, other takeaways from retail uh, on the whole um, what sorts of things did you go and say, oh, yeah, that's that's something that's going to fit in Sioux Falls. I know we're going to see that. As a just a concept and a trend, one of the things that was interesting to me that wasn't really on my radar before is what we call e-tail to retail. So traditionally, we think about stores beginning in physical storefronts, brick and mortar, and then moving online. You know, we, we opened Macy's first and then we added Macy's.com. But because now the internet and e-commerce have been around long enough, we're starting to see retail brands that began as online only now opening up physical stores. Um, Warby Parker was one example. Um, Bonobus is a men's uh, clothing retailer that started online and now is starting to go into retail centers around the country. 
and there are others. So, um, you know, these are brands that have established their name through their web and their social media presence, and now are finding that they want to reach shoppers with an in-store experience. That's really so, fascinating, isn't Yeah, it? an interesting shift. Probably shouldn't surprise me, but kind of did. And these are all starting in the major markets for the most part. So New York, LA, Chicago, that's where that first store goes. But because the Empire Mall is owned by Simon, world's largest mall uh, landlord, you know, it likely will eventually come to Sioux Falls. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Everything does, mm-hmm. right? It takes a little bit of time. I mean, how many Popeyes do we have now? And we had to right? wait for us. Right, and we just <laughs> waited, almost crashed the web when we announced from Vegas that Popeyes was coming to town. And how long? That was probably three, four years ago. It was a few ago. years ago. And yeah. the best story ever about Popeyes, which I have used when I talked to some of the retailers in um, Vegas, because, you know, they don't, a lot of them don't know Sioux Falls, and it's hard to communicate the strength of this market and the brand appeal that uh, some of these concepts enjoy. When Popeyes opened the first store here over on East 10th Street, on opening weekend, KFC across the street ran out of chicken. <laughs> True story. <laughs> what happened, you ask? Well, wouldn't they just take all that business from the competitor? No, it was so busy at Popeyes <laughs> that people just couldn't bring themselves to wait in the line, or it was literally backed out to the street. But by the time they got there, they wanted chicken, and so they went to KFC, and KFC ran out of chicken. That's hilarious. I know. It, well, it takes a while to make yeah. the KFC. you got to start early. If you run out, you can't just pop some in the microwave. That, yeah, I mean, that fried chicken takes a little bit of time. Yeah. But that Popeye stayed busy for weeks. I don't know if you remember that. But, yeah, I mean, for weeks, you'd drive by there. It didn't matter what time of day, and there were cars all backed up in the drive-thru. It's crazy. This is crazy. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about with Jody Schwan of SiouxFalls.Business, and we're going to do that when we come back from the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> Four thirty-three on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Jody Schwan. She is the founder and uh, driving force behind Sioux Falls Business, which is a website, Facebook page, and uh, constantly updated with a newsletter, email newsletter. You just go to Sioux Falls Business. You don't need a com. It's a it's a website, people. Sioux Falls Business and. Uh, or search on Facebook. That's the one of the best ways to really pay attention to the product, isn't it, Jody? It will work, though. You're right. Everybody's amazed that you don't need a .com. You don't. It's just Sioux Falls business. It'll take you there. Bookmark it. Sign up for our newsletter. That's a great way to stay on top of things, too. But, yeah, Facebook is wonderful. We are um, Sioux Falls Business News on Facebook, if you want to find us that way. So Facebook.com slash Sioux Falls Business News, and we should pop up then. And uh, you cover... Uh, we talked about retail and you cover development and restaurants and uh, healthcare and technology. I mean, it's it's really anything that is, uh, it's the business world, but it's also sort of the supporting structure, the yeah, infrastructure that, of business. I would say, right, we cover news that uh, is about and of interest to the Sioux Falls business community. And uh, just celebrated a year not so long ago, right? I did, actually, 16 months last week, and I I missed it. It went by, and I I didn't realize that we just crossed 16 months. Uh, After you you get through the first year, (laughs) the months start to blur together a little bit more. Have you started sleeping at all? I mean, how's the, you know, you've got some good work-life balance going now? I I have started to figure out the time management of it a little bit better. I'm one of those people, you know how some people can get by with four or five hours of sleep? Mm -hmm. They're good. 
I wish I were that person, but I'm not. I know myself well enough to know that I need at least seven hours. So I always made sure that I got that. Um, Now the waking hours in between, how much did I get to myself for the first year? Not a whole lot, but it is getting better. I actually, it's a timely topic. I think I might write about it either this week or next week. There's a study that was just out today. I believe it was done at the Harvard Business Review on how CEOs spend their time. Really fascinating. They had them journal like every 15 minutes. They got it from their assistants. And uh, these were CEOs of top companies. And they spent an average of nine and a half hours a day working. But the catch is that they also worked on Saturday and Sunday. And that's really similar to me. So I probably work in, in that nine to 10 hours every weekday. And then uh, I try to put in some time. I'm a morning person, so I can get a fair amount of work done Saturday and Sunday mornings. And then I'm good. And then I try to disconnect as best I can. You know, you're always sort of connected, but I do my best not to not to write the rest of those hours. And I'm very lucky that my sources and my clients um, are friends. You know, they're people mm-hmm. I enjoy spending time with. So it doesn't feel like work for the most part. Well, it's, it's uh, uh, really an amazing thing to watch because you were the first in the market doing anything like this and really uh, have innovated your way through it. Uh, you know, you have to adapt. It's not exactly what you imagined when you started, but it's working out. So right. And, and I'm very mindful to just not get complacent, to be paying attention to what's the next thing? Where do I need to go next mm-hmm. with this? And you um, wrote about to that. To keep it topical week. and to yeah. keep it relevant. Yeah, I wrote about changing industry and... You know, I think sometimes when you launch a business, there's there's this build up to it. You're nervous. You're figuring it out absolutely as you go along. And then you sort of hit this point where you go, okay, I think I've kind of figured this out. And I would say it took me about that first year um, to get to that point. And now uh, I'm already kind of thinking about what's next and where do I take this next? What direction do I go? And how do you stay relevant? Um, Because your your end user, your, your consumer is always changing. Yeah, and the technology is always changing. Mm-hmm. And that's you don't know where people are gonna. You know, one day Facebook may fold up. You just and don't know. People, I think, are always looking for the latest and greatest. I mean, that's part of why we're successful with our news because we tell you what's new and what's coming to town, and people respond to that. And as you said, when the product came into the market, it was new. Well, now I've been around for you know almost a whole year and a half, uh, so I don't want people to get bored with what I'm doing either. So I'm always mindful of having to change it up. We're talking to Jody Schwan of Sufalls.business. Um, we were talking about retail uh, before the news, and uh, one of the things that you announced, updated, uh, was that uh, Fleet Farm, uh, or as the fellers down at the bait shop call it, Farm Fleet, um, is coming <laughs> to the San- the area around the Sanford Sports Complex, which is pretty amazing. This is a huge uh, retail player coming to Sioux Falls, 185,000 square foot store. That is comparable to a Walmart just to help you grasp the scale of this. And they have 100,000 SKUs. A SKU is like a barcode, you Mm -hmm. know, so 100,000 different types of merchandise there. Anything you could think of, really, from grocery to farm equipment to pet supplies and everything in between. Sporting goods. A lot of sporting goods, hunting, fishing equipment. And I think it's a wonderful fit for this market. Again, you talk about retailers that are sort of geographically familiar to us. Fleet Farm is definitely one of those. Uh, good presence in Iowa, Minnesota, I believe. I think and they're based in Wisconsin, aren't they? I believe they are. Yeah. 
and they're growing quickly. Um, had some investment recently that's going to allow them to scale up more, which is how Sioux Falls came into the plan. We're going to be the first new prototype store for Fleet Farm. So it will be modern looking, a lot of windows, glass. It looks like just a beautiful store. And as you said, it is really going to anchor retail development at the sports complex. Retail has always been envisioned there. There's been a, a little bit of smaller retail a hockey store, which made a ton of sense right out there by mm-hmm. the Shields Iceplex. But Fleet Farm is that kind of retail magnet. When we talk about Walmart, we look at what happened around uh, 85th in Minnesota, for instance, when Walmart went in. I'm not going to make the claim that Fleet Farm will have the same effect mm-hmm. um, at the sports complex. Demographics are entirely different, but it will help for sure attract uh, more restaurants. I think you're going to see another hotel out there. Uh, there's actually a concept plan that calls for a hotel water park, which I think would be outstanding for oh, that wow. development. So hopefully they can make some progress there. And well, and, more sporting and, facilities. Yeah, and they just announced uh, the uh, golf. Great shots. Yes, great yeah, shots. And, and great shots, I think, just as much as Fleet Farm will act as a retail anchor. I would call great shots a retailer. You know, you, you talk about how retail is changing. This is a perfect example. I mentioned entertainment and food and beverage, and that combines all of it. Um, you're going to go to Great Shots for fun. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to go there to uh, work on your golf game. You it's could. more like Dave and Buster's. It's like Dave and Buster's for golfers yeah. is how I'm picturing this. Um, if you've been to Top Golf, Top Golf was the leader in this category, and now you've seen other concepts come in and, and offer a similar type of experience. And uh, this will be one of those. You'll have a full bar. They've got a liquor license secured for it, restaurant, and uh, uh, plenty of places to uh, to practice your golf swing out there. It's big. Mm-hmm. It has to be. <laughs> um, yeah, it's multiple stories. Um, you know, I believe it's at least 50,000 square feet. Um, nice, really nice looking project. So that it, to, to make that work, it has to be a magnet for people. Because typically you would see these golf entertainment facilities in bigger markets than Sioux Falls. So Sanford is really stepping out here. They are trusting that this market is going to support great shots and also that people in the whole region are going to be attracted enough to come try this. It's um, interesting because Sanford is a hospital system and a big one, Um, but now they own (laughs) or will own a golf facility, a huge gym, the field house, obviously, which has orthopedic sports medicine and all that applications, but also a Will's training table, which is a restaurant. Uh, and they're expanding Will's training table. I saw that on your site. They, they just, that's an interesting uh, series of investments for a hospital system, but it all really does come back to orthopedic and sports medicine at some point, doesn't it? I think it comes back to diversifying revenue primarily. And mm-hmm. I give them, people will have different opinions on this. I yeah. give them a lot of credit um, for thinking differently. I just like organizations that are willing to innovate, think differently, try different things, sometimes go against the grain. Certainly it supports their ortho and sports medicine lines. There, there's no question about that. But healthcare traditionally has operated and certainly in more recent times has operated on a pretty slim margin. Uh, there are business lines there that are not money makers, and if you look toward the future, uh, with an aging population, I think there are going to be more strains on healthcare's um, traditional business model. And so, if you can grow things like this golf entertainment, mm-hmm. like Profile, which I think is a great example mm-hmm. um, of diversifying the business, uh, I think you're going to find yourself perhaps on a bit more solid ground um, than those who have stuck to very traditional channels um, within the field. 
We're talking with Jody Schwann of SiouxFalls.Business, and we're going to take a short break and come right back and uh, chat a little more. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Jody Schwan of SiouxFalls.Business. And we've been talking about retail and uh, the big Sanford sports complex. And I just see on your site now, right, just as we speak, Jody, this has moved. And this is kind of interesting. The Broin family's next generation takes on men's accessories. What? This, this is a great is, uh, story. They're, they're uh, ethanol people. They're, you know, poet. And they're going to look good doing it. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is a, a great story. So uh, the business is called Cufflinks.com, and it was purchased recently by the sons of Rob Broin. Uh, Rob helped found the family company, Broin Companies, mm-hmm. um, which then um, evolved into Poet. And Rob now is the R behind RMB Associates, um, which is involved in a number of companies as well as uh, land developments, a lot of multifamily developments here in Sioux Falls. Anyway, um, his three sons um, went off, went to college, um, worked in various jobs and decided that they wanted to work together, um, wanted to own a business. And so they bought Cufflinks.com, which was founded in the Dallas area. And they are in the process of relocating that headquarters here to Sioux Falls. And it's a neat business. So it is uh, partially e-commerce. actually really fits into sort of this retail uh, theme that we've got going on here today. You can buy the products through their website, cufflinks.com. They also sell to high-end department stores like Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus. They do uh, private labeling business for Brooks Brothers. So they've got some really nice uh, clients as well as uh, they're hoping to get the product into some men's stores here locally. So let's hope that some new relationships develop. But uh, interesting, they've got licensing agreements uh, in their category um, and within their price point with uh, major, major brands. So Star Wars, uh, Marvel <laughs> Comics, all the uh, major sports teams. That's so huge. I think they've got great potential, really nice product. Um, it's it's a high quality uh, cufflink and then they expanded into other men's accessories so it was fun to sit down with them uh obviously uh i know their dad i know their uncle and uh to kind of get to know the next generation and, and talk about this new business that they're bringing to town about 20 employees um but certainly could see it growing you know it's a, it's a nice platform looks like a good product and it's great to have it in Sioux Falls. We have a number of these growing e-commerce operations we've talked about them in the past yeah and you know it's Everybody thinks they can be in e-commerce these days or thinks they have to be, which is probably true to some degree. But, man, uh, all the old rules are gone and it becomes those licensing agreements have to be huge. When you start talking about the NFL and, you know, Marvel Comics and this kinds of stuff, just uh, that's a that's got to be a very competitive business because they can switch anytime. Sure. And the design, too. So the Mm -hmm. neat thing about Cufflinks.com is that they do everything. So. From design to fulfillment, um, they manufacture in China, but um, otherwise everything is here and vertically integrated. So, yeah, it's an interesting business, as you said. Uh, it's not as simple as just starting up a website, taking pictures of some products, and off you go. Um, there is a lot more strategy involved, and increasingly, the, the buzzword in the industry is omni-channel, but a lot more omni-channel strategy where. It's the combination. Yes, you as a consumer can go to the site um, and shop, but you also need as a business those relationships with the brick and mortar retailers. 
and maybe even a bit yourself as they get their office going it's not going to be far from your studio they'll be in the area of 57th and cliff uh, the plan is to maybe have a little retail area there so you can walk in and and shop as well here get some cufflinks first you got to get a french cuff shirt that's right so you got to go to your clothier and uh those are hard to find these days you don't just walk Aren't in they? anywhere and get a oh. french cuffed you know, because it's got to be long and then Some establishments over. in town that would be happy oh, to help yeah. you out with that, I think. But, you know, they also have tie bars and socks and, and any number of different men's accessories. So, uh, we're, we're talking to Jody Schwan, of course, with Sioux Falls Business. And I can't let you get out of here without talking a little bit about restaurants. We talked briefly about Will's training table. But um, the, the w- everybody always wants to know about restaurants, right? When, when you're at retail or what, what's the word on the street, Jody? What's coming next? And Wills, we should mention because we didn't actually detail the expansion plan, yeah. but um, major overhaul of Wills. Essentially, it's going to be a brand new restaurant and a bigger restaurant. They're doing a two-story addition that's going to include multiple patios, so patios on both levels. Um, nice, nice destination dining there. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. Plan is to open that one by mid-February of Next year, you know, we had a closing to announce in restaurant world today, so that mm. was sad. Yep. Um, Old Soul Cafe is closing. Really bummed me out. June 29th, yes. The owner's done a great job with her menu, really well-crafted menu. Um, wants to spend uh, more time with the family. I understand that. The restaurant business is a crazy one. Uh, Kaladis could use your help if you are listening out there. <laughs> every season, every construction season, um, several businesses get caught in the middle of it, and it's really hard on business. You know, you don't prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really little you can do um, other than try to keep getting the word out and keep being creative. They're doing that at Kaladis. If a bottomless mimosa sounds good to you, um, does right now. You can get to Kaladis off Dakota Avenue. We understand if you don't want to tackle 26th in Minnesota. Although I drove Minnesota all the way south to north yesterday, it really was not that bad. It keeps moving, but. Uh, Kaladis could use some help because uh, their business is taking a hit. So they've got some new features, daily specials, of course, those mimosas. And it is not that hard to get there. You can get there off of Dakota yeah. Avenue. And they have a big parking lot there. It's just coming in on the backside instead of through Minnesota Avenue. Yeah, plenty of parking once you get there for sure. Yeah, go do them a solid. Just stop by, have a have a cup of coffee or beverage of some sort. East side, you've got your Buffalo Wild Wings. I think that's oh. a, a new opening since I was here last. It's over at Dolly Farms. Perkins is coming next over on Arrowhead Parkway. Their plan is to be open by Labor Day. And we lost a Perkins since I've been here last. The one over on North Cliff closed. Yep. Well, that's, you know, Perkins, they come in, they go a little bit. But we've had had them in the market for a very long time. I think maybe even uh, we lost Old Chicago since I was here last. So that's another. That one will be interesting to see how it fills because, again, full circle here, we're back at the mall. That's Mm -hmm. going to be a sought-after property. Yeah, it's in a really nice spot there. Uh, Jody Schwann, Sioux Falls Dot Business. Thanks a lot for coming by, Jody. Thanks we'll for having you, me. We'll get you back sooner this time. That sounds great. Thank you. We'll be back to just finish up the show here on a Monday. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-seven up on 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up Thursday, it's the longest day, a benefit for the Alzheimer's Association. Find an activity or hobby like riding a bike, playing card or board games, bowling, tennis, dancing, anything you like to do, and register online so your friends and family will want to join you and help raise money for Alzheimer's Association. Always a good cause. Get out there and do something, people. It'll be fun. For more information, you can go to the events calendar at KSOO.com. This is Cracker. 
low, and I play this because Cracker is playing at the Icon tomorrow night. Saw them the last time they were here. It was a kind of acoustic show at what was then Latitude 44. Still a great band. Should be fun. Coming up on the program tomorrow, Corey Heidelberger of DakotaFreePress.com will be here, and the Boon Man is our weird friend. This has been and will be the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.